Hey there, Wolfpack fans. I need us to understand something that seems to be escaping us a bit. The point of football, the point of sports ball, go team, as they say, is to score more points than the other team. It doesn't matter how it happens. It doesn't matter if it's three to zero. Doesn't matter if it's 100 to 97. Doesn't matter if it's 24 or 21. The point is to outlast, outscore, outmaneuver the other team. And we did that. Now, obviously, there are caveats, right? And if you're Alabama and you're barely beating Central Arkansas, you've got some things you need to speak about. And trust me, Grayson and I have some things that we need to speak about in terms of this coaching staff. Because to me, this was a game in which our coaching staff directly halted a lot of progress, a lot of positive energy, a lot of things that we had going in the right direction. But with that being said, I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying to myself, we've got to be excited about this. I I honestly look at this game and I say, how well did MJ play? How well did our offense play? How well did we do for, for all these things? I'm looking up and I'm saying, we did just fine. We did just fine. And I apologize for showing up late because I know we told y'all 631 to get here on time. That was my fault. I got stuck in traffic over here. But the reality is we we need to keep sight, keep the main thing the main thing, right? As Eric Bietenby once said, this game is not about numbers. It's about the alphabets. It's about the alphabets. And the only alphabets that matter are W and L. Yes, I'm saying alphabets because that's what he said. I don't say alphabet in that way. But you get the point. And at the end of the day, we walk away with the was sound, not a la sound. And I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with that. I am I am present. I'm just currently tweeting out the link. So I yeah. I'm, just give me one. And uh and another thing, another thing is in terms of in terms of the box stat watchers or the people who watch the game and are like, oh well, the box sheet says that MJ had a horrible game and da da da. Friends, go touch grass. Go watch film of other quarterbacks from around the country. Go watch film of, of other quarterbacks around the country. And I mean that with everything. If you look at the interceptions that he threw, one of them was off a of receiver's hands. The other, we all saw, we all saw, and this is going to get to something I want to talk about later. We all saw one of the worst attempts at blocking on a bubble screen that I have ever seen in my life. And what do I mean by that was one of the worst attempts at blocking? You threw an interception here. You you threw an interception, and it was on a bubble screen where, where Porter is supposed to be blocking, right? You threw an interception on a, on a bubble screen where Porter's blocking. Now, I don't know about y'all. I played a little bit of offensive line back in my day, and when you're blocking somebody, generally you want to be chest to chest, belly to belly. I want to be right up on you. If somebody caught an interception while I was blocking them, I'd simply tackle them. The fact that that was not an option for Porter Rooks tells you the type of blocking that he did. And again, MJ made the right read. They had numbers to that side. The the read on that play is how many bodies do they have over there? You have two guys to block and one guy who's going to be the ball carrier who they want to make somebody miss. Generally, if you have three guys over there to their two, you throw that every day and twice on Sunday which is the look that they gave MJ, which is what he did. Porter, however, decided, mm, I don't really feel like it. Mm, blocking's a little hard. I'm a receiver. I catch the ball. Blocking ain't really ain't, ain't part of that deal. So I'm, I'm looking at this game and I'm saying to myself, hey, we're good. We're fine. And, you know, I like that we finally got our tight ends involved in a meaningful way. I love that we got Trip Penix involved in a meaningful way. I'm still waiting on us to get, like I've always said, if we're having problems with our wide receivers and knowing their assignment and executing their assignment, put out bigger guys. Guess what? If you put Juice Vereen or Chris Toodle out there, do you think that defenses are all of a sudden tipped off this bubble screen? No, because those are two guys that you think of as primarily pass catchers. So with that in mind, I'm all for shortening up this receiver rotation, which we'll talk about a little later. That's something that I think I'm very passionate about, you know, and, and I see a lot of comments talking about Casey and, 
and all that he means to this team. I a thousand percent agree with y'all. I a thousand percent agree. KC is our wide receiver number one. He is by all means our X receiver, right? Even though he's a slot guy, he's the number one guy. I thousand percent agree with you there. What I'm saying is our wide receiving uh, rotation should not be as big as it is. It shouldn't be as big as it is. And some of our tight ends need to kind of step into some of those roles as, hey, this guy just ain't getting it done. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how you don't block well. You don't catch the ball well. What do we have you out there for? Hey, fast is good. Fast is great. Fast without the ball in your hand means nothing. Fast is good. Fast is great. If we can't trust you to block for your teammate like you would want your teammates to block for you, it means nothing. It means precious little because what can we really do? If every time you go out there, if you're lined up on the line of scrimmage and there's a slot guy behind you, they already know, oh, oh, that boy couldn't block his way out of paper bag. Now what? If you're lined up in the slot and they know, hey, they can't run the outside zone this way because that means he's got the block. Now what? So, you know, that's just my my introduction here, my uh, original feelings here. But, you know, Grayson and I, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to go ahead and, and you know, kind of get into some of the talking points that we had written down before this show. But I always want to start this thing off with just giving folks time to get here and also getting pumped and primed in terms of, my initial uh, thoughts and reactions to the game. Right. The link is now tweeted, so be sure to share that if you are on Twitter. Uh, But let's get into it. Should we start with MJ Morris? Do you want to go there first? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. I mean, that is ultimately the biggest story in this game. The arrival of MJ Morris here in 2023. Actually, I'll start. NC State outlasts Marshall by a score of 41, or sorry, 48 to 41. MJ Morris arrives on the scene. And the first pass he throws is an interception. A lot of folks wanted to immediately freak out, say, was that on MJ? Was that on KC? I think that was on football. Sometimes that happens. Was it a great throw? No. Did it hit KC in both of his hands? Yes. That's football sometimes. Happens. I hate that that was his first throw of the day. Whatever. Yeah. The rest of that first quarter was disgusting. We immediately spotted Marshall 14 points off of a lot of the same issues that we talked about this week that we'd feared would still be a problem, despite MJ being back there uh, at quarterback. Now, I want to also say this. MJ's the guy. If you had any doubt about MJ being the guy moving forward, today should have shown you why he's the guy. The offense, despite some struggles in there, there was some stretches, a couple drives where we looked atrocious. But we are far, far more explosive with MJ Morris at quarterback. And he proved that as that game went on. Yeah, I thousand percent agree. And again, don't be a box score watcher. Don't be that person that's like, oh, he only completed a little over 50% of his balls. What actually happened during the game? Did MJ show a lot of problems with accuracy, a lot of problems with touch, a lot of problems with timing that you're looking at saying this will not get resolved. And also I want to make this point because People talk about, hey, um, you know, Brennan Armstrong could have threw three turnovers. He That was your problem with him, Ken, the three turnovers. No, my problem with Brennan was the three turnovers as a six-year guy. Yeah. Even if even if all of those interceptions, because one of them I think was a legitimately bad read, bad yeah. throw, that type of deal. Yes, absolutely. However, even if all three were bad reads and bad passes by MJ, I am okay with that because as I have said all week or really longer than just this week. And as I have, um, as I have repeated throughout this week, if a, if we're going to make mistakes, make them with the young guy. Yes. Make them with the young guy. That way you can tell a Jonathan Paler, Hey man, he's been there, done that. He's, he's been there, done that where he's sailing balls. He's, he knows what he needs to do now. He needs, he knows what it looks like when he's got a, uh, you know, somebody coming to chin check him and, and he's got to step into a throw. He knows. He knows. Yeah, what he, he the silver lining here, and, and stick with me. Don't let me lose you on this. I would almost prefer MJ struggle a little bit. Now, listen, I don't want him to throw interceptions. I don't want to turn the ball over. And I don't want to make a game that close because it should not have. I would almost prefer MJ to struggle just a little bit because a game like this, it will help him so much in the future. And I, I look back at uh, 2019 for Devin Leary. 
You think as bad as we were in 2019, you think that didn't help him when we got to 2020, 2021, and so on? It absolutely did. And, you know, not just harping on some of the struggles he went through, he also looked really good at some points in this game. We were able to get the tight ends involved with Trent Penix. Trent Penix, I'm over the moon happy for him because we've been waiting to see that all season long. The, yeah. the patented Trent Penix wheel play went for 99 yards and two touchdowns today. So that's excellent. Love to see that. And and, and have we not had a key that specifically said, we, get the tight ends a certain amount of touches? How many times have we talked about needing to see more from the tight ends in, in the short part of the season so far? We have harped on that being a an outlet that we need to use for the quarterbacks. We've been there. We, we've been saying yeah. this. You saw what happens and how that can change a game like that today. Yeah. And, and it's at the end of the day, like I've always said, not only are tight ends bigger bodies to where like physically they're bigger guys, bigger catch radius and all that. They are either more experienced or more talented than our wide receiver room. That's just the objective truth. That's, that's not something that I want to say. I wish that everybody was on the same level and I could say, hey, our tight ends are phenomenal, but our wide receivers are also so phenomenal that, you know, whatever a night does, he can't go wrong. Objectively speaking, at this moment, our tight end room is ahead of our wide receiver room. Whether or not the stats reflect that is one thing. It Turn on the film. Look what happens when we target our tight ends. Look at MJ Morris's QBR, his completion percentage, his touchdown interception ratio when thrown to a tight end as opposed to throwing to receivers in this game. I'm telling you something. Women lie, men lie, non-binary folks lie, kids lie, numbers don't. Right. And the numbers will tell you, the eye test will tell you that when he's throwing two tight ends, it is more successful than when, oh man, you know, we're – we're trusting that this guy's going to be here. Oh, man, we're trusting that Keon Lassane is going to come down with this. We're trusting that KC is going to snag this one. That's all I'm saying. Now, pivoting to KC, because he deserves some shine here, too. Yeah. What a, you know, talked about this in the UVA game when he had his breakout performance. Saw a bit more from him today after that first pass of the day that went off of his hands. Just a game-changing athlete. A game-changing mm -hmm. athlete. And I, I love some of the play calls that we drew up for him. It was like that weird motion play where it was like a handoff almost, and then he'd go for about 10-plus yards, especially in the red zone there where he, he scored that last touchdown for us. Finding those ways to get him into open field, that's what we need to see moving forward with KC because he's such a dynamic player that you have to play to his strengths in that way. And that's, that's something we're going to need moving forward here. Yeah, and the best trick plays don't actually happen off some like, haha, I'm so much smarter than you. The best yeah. trick plays look like your standard stuff. It just has a slight deviation and nobody notices, right? So instead of running in front of the quarterback and receiving a touch pass, it's instead played as a power read. And then KC pulls it up and throws a lob to somebody in the end zone. Not saying that we need to do trick plays because we saw with Brennan Armstrong. We don't need that. We don't need, we're, we're good where we're, where we're at. We're good where we are, but just saying that's something that, you know, if you're going to go that route, that's something that you need to look at. And how many times have we talked about this? The name of the game for this team, get it to your playmakers in space. Yes. Get it to Gray in space. Get it to Casey in space. Get it to the guys who can do something with it in space. And that's that's a, a way that we had success a lot offensively today. And, you know, for the people who are – for the people who are harping on how poorly the defense performed, I want to say this. At the end of the day, our defense has stood on their head for us how many times? Too many. How many times? Too many. Listen, the best teams are going to have games where the unit that's known as their strength doesn't show up, and the other side shows up for them. And I'll also add in that in this game where we didn't show up defensively, we had multiple turnovers that put us either in plus territory or – um, at our 40 and beyond. What, like, come on, stop playing. Stop playing. Was the defense good this game? I wouldn't say so. I'd no. say that they were man to man to like below average. Absolutely. But with that being said, you know, I I don't think it's fair to to talk about them and all that good stuff and what they did and didn't do because this was a complete team win. We played VMI this season. 
an FCS team. And how many points did we put up on them, Grayson? What was that 45? 45. We scored 48 today. How many times did we see people talking about complimentary football in Raleigh? What is this? What is we this? We saw phenomenon? it finally. What is this phenomenon? And I'll tell you this much. If it wasn't for uh, Doran and Anai getting together and cooking up, you know, I, I'm going to just say well, this because I know some of y'all love meatloaf. I hate it. If, if a woman ever want to get rid of me, make me a meatloaf. I'm out. That's it. You ain't got to. You ain't got to worry about me no more. They cooked up the most dry, disgusting meatloaf of a play call sequence that I have ever seen in my life. I thought. I thought for a second there, you're about to give them some credit. I was going to say, Kenton, no, don't no, no. dare. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about going into halftime. Going into halftime, we have the momentum. MJ is rolling. He's figured it out. He's got it. We're going now. And then, what do we do to go into halftime? Like, what? Come Laid on. Laid an absolute egg. An egg. Come on. And and the worst part about it is I could understand if this was a new phenomenon that was like, oh no, this is out of character for Doran. How many times have we seen this this story play out? We saw it play out at Clemson a couple years ago when Devin Leary was here. We saw it play out. Um, we've seen this story play out many too many times. East many U last many. year, East, Boston yep. College last yep. year, Wake Forest yep. in twenty, I think it was twenty seventeen. Too many times. Too many yeah. times. Yeah, and it, it's that is a. I don't understand how, you know, we haven't learned our lesson from that yet. How Doran hasn't learned his lesson from, we are hot as fish grease. Pump, keep going. Actually, we just learned it in Notre Dame too. When you are are rolling, keep it rolling. I'd hate to have to quote Fred Durst, but you know what? He might have been on to something when he said, keep rolling, 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 rolling. When you're hot, keep going. What are you slowing down for? What do you have a quarterback? who is finally figuring it out. He started off, what was it, one for five or one for six, and then hit six, seven, eight straight passes. All of that happens, and then you score touchdowns back to back. to, And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're heading in the end zone, the haze in the barn. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Keep the momentum. The momentum is wearing a, a red jersey and black pants. Why would you ease up off the gas? Especially, yeah. especially in today's college football, if there is under a minute left when you get the ball, I can understand. I ain't mad at you. You want to do two running, two, three running plays upon it, and you know, they'll have 15, 20 seconds, whatever the case may be, to drive the length of the field. God bless them if they do. Sure. Yeah. Why yeah. are we doing that with three minutes left in the quarter? Yeah. So I wanna I wanna continue this discussion on Doran because I think there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Yeah. I see a lot of comments about the onside kicks. Don't worry. We'll get to that. Colby, I see you in here. Thank you for joining us. First, real quick, I'm going to make us some money. I got to I gotta keep the lights on here. I got to read an ad, and then we're going to get further into this. Our, let me pick up uh, one second here. Sorry. Our first sponsor of the day is LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Then use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Okay. Let me dive back into some of these comments. Actually, first, we're going to start with this conservative mindset from Coach Dorn to finish out that first half. Mm-hmm. That was negligent. That was incompetent. That was embarrassing. I, I, I don't, I, I, I simply cannot be walked through the mindset where you have some momentum. You just scored and you have potential to score again before halftime in which you receive the ball after halftime. And what did we do? I think we went two runs with Mims for like one or two yards and then a QB draw and punted giving Marshall both the opportunity to score before half and also take the lead, which is what they did. Yeah. Yeah. That is unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. What are we what are we talking about here? That yeah. that is how to lose a game 101 with play like that. And I want to sort of piggyback on this because I I promised a person I would read this comment on air. This was in one of our YouTube comments. Uh I believe it was Friday, but this comes from Philip McDowell. He says, "What keeps NCSU football from consistently contending and being higher ranked?" Is it simply a matter of money? Um, state fans are rabid, boisterous, and faith- faithfully attend games. The stadium might not be the largest, but I put it—I put the game day atmosphere as good as anywhere in the country. I feel certain Dave Doran runs a clean, clean program and places a premium on recruiting good citizens. I don't blame him. It seems that state has all the ingredients to have a very successful team. What keeps state from higher achievement? It's coaching that you saw today. Yeah. That yeah. is what holds NC State back. Yeah. Yes. And, and let me say. You cannot oh, right. Right. Yeah. call a ball game like that and expect yeah. continued success. You cannot raise the ceiling of this program with game plan and play calling like we saw today. Now, listen, small credit to Marshall. We, could, we told you all this week they were going to show up. They mm-hmm. came in confident because they believed that they could win. They then proved it to us and themselves that they could win. They could have won that ball game because we almost handed it to them. Yeah. When you yeah, allow a team to come into your house and stick around in a game like that, that's coaching. Yeah. That's coaching. And a lot of folks love to say in year 11, this is what we're doing. I can't mm-hmm. disagree. I, I can't. How, how do you defend how Coach Dorn called that ball game today? Because I, I really don't think you can, other than saying we won the game. Sure, we won the game. That's what you set out to do. You accomplished that. Continually playing with your food and playing not to lose, that is what holds back this program. It cost us against Boston College last year. It's cost us plenty other times. It cost us, like we talked about, with um, – with, Notre Dame this year going in the half. Let me explain something to y'all because y'all know me. I'm big on finding a round number and working from there. Let's look at the last 10 plays before uh, that the the very conservative uh, situation that we had going into halftime. We had a six-play drive that amounted to a touchdown to tie the game at 14-all. We forced a fumble. Now back on offense. One play. MJ Morris to Trent Penix, 39 yards. And then the next drive by our offense was a three and out uh, that led to a field goal. But that one was, there was plenty of time left on the clock. That's not the the drive that I'm getting into here. I'm talking about the final drive of, well, not the final drive, but the last drive that we had with a decent amount of time on it, where we had two minutes or more to get this thing rolling. Why we would go into that and our immediate thought would be, hey, two runs with Delver Mims, please. And then we're going to run MJ Morris. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's not, again, objectively speaking, in your last three drives, you have two touchdowns, one of which one play drive fresh off of a uh, turnover. How do you not say we're going to push this thing? Fellas, we're going to break their spirit right here. We're going to break their spirit we're gonna take this thing off it's close right now but what we're about to do what we're about to take this thing they're gonna go into halftime with their heads hanging and with something in their hand looking stupid that i can't say on the air without losing our clean rating you understand if if you wanted to break them you just proved that you could break them yeah you could have affect i mean hypothetically here you could have more or less put that game away before halftime if Absolutely. you wanted to, and you I, left it on but, the table. But let me also say this. And I've also said all week, I said that Marshall is a second half team. If you get a lead, you cannot get conservative. You can't do it. You can't. Even if we look at that last drop, thank God for Nooncaster. I mean, boy, but put them up for every award there is for special teamers. But going into the last drop, I said it would not be wise for us to just do the two run. Maybe some low pass to the flat deal and go ahead and punt. Why did I say that? Because you don't want to give a team uh, a minute or so and potentially only having to go 75, 80 yards 
in today's college football. It's different. Things are di- – you cannot – you can't keep saying, I'm counting on my defense to win it for us. I'm counting on my defense to win it for us. At some point in time, you need to win it without your defense having to go back out there. You need to say, you know what, fellas, we need one first down to put this game away. I'm not saying that we're going to get in a, a trickeration bag, but we're, the whole playbook is open. Everything is open. There is nothing that's off limits to us in terms of what we're going to call in this moment. There's nothing off limits. That's what it should have been. That's you what know, it should have been. You know, when you're playing Mario Kart and you've been winning and you like to toy around with your friend that's playing next to you. And on that last lap, you get close to the finish line and then you dog it a little bit trying to taunt them. And the next thing you know, blue shell, blue, shell. blue shell, that blue, blue shell, shell is nasty. Yeah. That's what it feels like at times with Dave Doran here, getting so conservative with the lead that you risk having the other team hit you with that blue shell. Next thing you know, you're tied or you've given up the lead in a crucial moment of the ballgame. Enough. Mm-hmm. Enough with the blue shells. Get across that finish line. Just do yeah. it. If you blow yeah. them out, blow them out. Yeah. Blow them out. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're at home. You need you need to effectively have a statement win because you – Earlier in the season, you've proven the offense could not get anything done. You Today, MJ rolls out there, and the offense looks drastically different. Why not keep your foot on the gas pedal? And watch this. Let's do the math on it. If another team has, like Notre Dame, what do they have, three timeouts or two? What game? Uh, the Notre Dame game. How many timeouts did they have on the drive where we decided to go ultra-conservative? Was it three timeouts or two going into halftime? Uh, it might have been two or three. I can't remember. How many did Marshall have today going into halftime? I can't remember. Okay. Well, I'm going to assume that they had about two, right? I'm going to assume that they had two apiece. If you do the math on it, right, if you say that they have three timeouts, then guess what? You throwing an incompletion and them stopping a one-yard run, they're basically tantamount to the same thing. Right. They're, they're basically the same thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Forcing them to use their timeouts may potentially eliminate the middle of the field. But even then, not really because this is college football. Yeah. If they throw it in the middle of the field and they get a first down, guess what? They got time to get up to the line before the chain game. The players are always going to move faster than the old guys on the chain game. That's just the reality. They're going to get up to the line, snap it, clock it immediately. Immediately. So – this idea of, oh, we're going to force them to burn their time timeouts because we're so smart. You still are putting your defense on the field with a minute, anywhere from a minute to how many, how much time was left in this game? What was it? Two and a half minutes or so? Like, that's egregious. That uh, yeah. 149 was how much was left on the clock. That's egregious. Yeah. That's, that's an eternity in college football. 149 left, the entire field is open. Yeah. If you're talking... 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and they're backed up inside their own 20. Sure. That's a little bit different. That, and even then, the, they can still go to the middle of the field, but it's not as likely. If they are in a situation with 149 left, my brother in Christ, everything's open. Everything's open. You're putting your defense up. You're putting their backs against the wall, basically, and saying, hey, go get a stop. You know that a pass is coming. You don't know where because they can throw it anywhere on the field. And uh, go get a stop. Instead of saying, you know what? If we are to go down here, we're going to go down swinging. We're going to open up the playbook, run what we would normally run. Because, again, if we look at the plays that preceded that, right, let's look at how the drives before that had started. The first touchdown drive uh, was started with a 14-yard completion to KC. Now, Grayson, was there an opportunity for any completion to anybody on that first play? Uh, of the, the the last drive before halftime or the second to last drive before halftime? Well, we wouldn't know because we ran for two yards. We ran it. Okay. The <laughs> second drive, the second drive before that, 39-yard touchdown pass to Trent Penix. Grayson, was there any opportunity to get to Trent Penix on that first or second play? Yeah, um, absolutely. Going in? No, I'm saying, was there an opportunity for us to do it in terms of what the play we called was? No. We decided to run the ball. We decided – I'm showing you a clear pattern. We had success throwing it on first down. We had a ton of success throwing it on first down. And yet, going into halftime, we thought to ourselves, all right, we did enough. We're up. We got a little lead here. We got a four-point lead. We'll be okay. Stop it. 
Stop it. When you have the, I think the biggest problem that I see with Dorian is he's okay with winning and he doesn't desire to dominate. Yes. He doesn't desire. It's it's not in his constitution to, to like, you know, there, it takes a killer. It takes something different up here to say they're down right now. I'm a finish. Yes. I'm a finish. I'm I'm not going to wait for them to get back up and breathe a little bit. They're down. That's it. Yeah. Oh boys. They're down. His MO is, However it comes, he wants to win. He's not afraid to win ugly. Whatever happens, as long as he wins, he's okay. The problem is, is the mindset in that because that opens the doors for opportunities like almost today or Boston College last year, almost ECU last year. The list goes on. If you don't have that killer mentality to put teams away, you won't be able to advance this program further. I'm sorry. You can't. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think teams like Notre Dame or Ohio State or Georgia, all the Blue Bloods, you can name them, do you think that they've gotten to where they are by playing that style of football? The answer is no. Do you remember the year where where Clemson played Georgia Tech to open up the season and Travis Etienne was there and he had like seven rushes for 180-some-odd yards in the first half, and they ended the first half still giving him the ball when they could have nailed it. They could have nailed and went to halftime. They ended giving him the ball. Do you know why? They said, oh, they're on the ropes. We're going to throw a knockout blow. They yes. were already up like 28 zip or something like that. And yes. they ended up scoring on that drive. You take away their will to win. Don't just take away their will to win. Take away their will to be in the, the stadium. Yes. Have them sitting there thinking, what, what's the moves after the game, bro? I heard this is going to be a nice little party down on Tryon, man. I ain't really too interested in what we got going on here no more. But when you instead, instead of, think about the point swing there, shall we? Even if, even if, best case scenario, right? Best case scenario for Marshall in this situation. We end up kicking the ball over to them, and, you know, they they have to burn more time out, so they have to burn more time because we get one first down and then punt. Okay. In that situation, they still have less time and have to travel a longer field than what actually happened. Let's look at the best case scenario for NC State. NC State goes on to score a touchdown, keeps the ball away from Marshall. We just had a 14-point swing there. Yeah. Imagine how different the tone of this game feels. Because what actually happened, we ended up going into the locker room down 24-21. Imagine how different the tone and tenor of this game is. We come out the locker room up 28-17. to 17. You Imagine could have thrown that. a haymaker in the third, in the early in the third quarter. And we would have been out of there an hour and a half sooner than we were. Well, and then, and then, and then we wanted to mess around, and it was a four, four and a half hour affair when it did not need to be. And then on top of that, the next score to happen after halftime was us scoring a touchdown again. Yeah. So again, let's do the math. Let's stack this up, Dave. I, I, come on now, Coach Doran. Let's let's level here. If you take that lead, if you take that eleven point lead in the halftime. And then the first drive, the first time you touch the ball out the half or one of the first drives where anybody scores in the second half, it's your team putting up a tutty. Now you're up 18. They're yeah. done. They're done. Yeah. Listen, They're- I'm, I, I've am i never been much of a, a pitchfork guy. I, I don't generally like calling for jobs. Sometimes it's warranted. I, I'll, I'll level with you there. Yeah. If you don't change this mentality in this conservative play, it's so hard not to look that way because you like, again, you open the opportunity for so many times to fall flat on your face. And you just look around like how in the world did we find ourselves here? The mentality has to change this. the, The program will not continue to elevate if the mindset doesn't as well. It simply won't. It simply will not. Now I want to start pivoting here. I don't want to spend the entire time, talking about uh, Coach Dorn and such. Let's pivot to special teams because it was interesting. What were we trying to do with the pooch kicks? Now, I, I was reading on Twitter, there were some concerns about the wind. I, how, how much wind could possibly be blowing for you to just give up massive chunks of field position like that? It couldn't be enough. 
And if you kick the ball in the air one time and there's a very strong gust in one direction or the other that forces it out of bounds, what just happened? You learn the direction of the wind. Hmm? Make an adjustment. Like, what are we doing? If, you're, if your kicker kicks the ball where he normally does, straight down the middle of the field, but instead, for some reason, it curves out to the right, what do you need to do next time, Grayson? Make an adjustment. Kick it to the left so that it yes. curves back to the middle. Boom. Make an adjustment, like you were just saying. Instead of arbitrarily deciding, hey, you know what? Bridge is going to, you know, give up 15 to 20 yards per kick. By going here's, pooch kicks. Here's another question for you. If you kick it out of bounds, where does the team start? Is it the 40? Uh, 35. It's the 35, I believe. Okay, so yeah. by pooch kicking it, you're giving them even better field position than you would if you just kicked it out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. What are we talking about? Like, yeah. what, what, what's the mindset yeah. here? Like, somebody walk me through this. Am I crazy? And And here's the thing. You're not crazy because your math is the same as mine. And at the end of the day, if we look at where they were starting those drives from, the free kick out of bounds rule is very simple. The penalty is the other team gets it at the 35. That's yes. it. So we're we're, we're giving up even more so, field position. Like what what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, it doesn't make sense to continue to do that pooch kick situation. If you see that they're even approaching the 35, it doesn't make sense because now not only are you you're putting the ball in play and risking them getting a big return, but even if they don't get a big return, they're getting to the 35 or 40, it evens out. It's a, it's a zero-sum game, and again, they get the opportunity to return it. You're losing. You're you're gambling with your own money when the yeah. churches is right there and, and they're asking you to gamble with it. Like, that's just what you're doing here. It's, it's nonsense. That was complete and utter nonsense. And I want to know which one of the analytics guys didn't buzz down and say, hey, coach, it makes Hello. more sense to do it this way. Yeah. Um, the way we're doing this, let's average this out, okay? We score 48 points. How many of those were uh, touchdowns or how many were field goals? What was it, about four or five touchdowns? And what? how many field goals did we have on top of that? We, like, I think two. Okay, so we had six touchdowns, two field goals. That's eight times. If we lost five yards per kickoff that we did in that manner, right? We just lost 40 yards. 40 yards is half the field. We gave them. We gave them basically at that point a touchdown or a field goal at minimum just by kicking out of bounds again and again and again. I'm sorry, not by kicking out of bounds, doing the squib kick again and again and again and again. Their starting field position was a large part of the reason that they were able to put up as many points on our defense as they did. Right. A large part of it. And it's, it's you know, again, I just want to know who in the analytics department didn't put in that call and say, hey, uh, this ain't making sense. Tell, tell Coach Doran get on the phone. This ain't making sense. Or tell whoever is the direct conduit to Coach Doran on the sideline, he needs to stop doing this. Yeah. Because right. it, it it ultimately cost us more than it helped. Yeah. Our next pivot, I want to get to some of these uh, comments as well. Delbert Mims, in addition uh, to the run game today, I thought Delbert Mims looked pretty good. Now, Kenton, you and I have both been sort of in the camp that Delbert Mims should be reserved for short yardage situations. Used him a bit more uh, in a sense that, you know, he was getting snaps on first and 10, second and 10 today. Some of it was rough, but he had a couple big time breakthroughs. I think he had a touchdown or two touchdowns today. He yeah, looked yeah, good. Yeah. Dennis talked about Michael Allen. I said on Thursday, this could be a Michael Allen breakout game. To some extent it was, he only had nine carries, but 70 yards. He broke off a 37 yard touchdown. Love to see that from Michael Allen. Need to see a lot more of that uh, moving forward. The offensive line continued to struggle today. Some yeah. brutal penalties, some weak protection. That is still very much an issue. Um, so, again, it, it's it's hard not to, to beat a dead horse here. But when the same issues continue to plague you week after week after week, it, it's the definition of insanity. It has yeah. to get cleaned up. And especially going into Durham next week, Duke is way more physical than anyone believed they would be this year. Duke can mm -hmm. eat us alive if we don't clean that up real quick. Oh, and, 100%. Oh, here, okay, here's another one. Good good comment from Dennis here. The, the Red Zone series, we bring in Brennan Armstrong. I, I would assume is just a look of deception slash to punch the ball in some sort of way on the ground. To then call a play action and lose 
however many yards it was because he took takes a sack here. Way, way, way too cute. Way too cute. Immediately just handed away a, a golden opportunity for six there. And that's another point in the game where six could have effectively worked as a dagger. Or at least you hope so at that point in the game. Instead, we have to settle for three. It's stuff like that that will kill you, kill you in big games. And again, I don't, I'm never, here's the thing. I don't mind trick plays. I don't hate trick plays. The trick plays should look like some of your normal stuff. Yes. Your trick plays should not require you bringing in somebody who does not play on a normal basis otherwise and say, ha ha, this guy's in the game now. Everybody look at him. Right. Nothing's going on, but we've suspiciously bought in this player who we just replaced this QB one. Ha ha. What are we doing here? Didn't surprise Marshall. Didn't surprise us. Surprised absolutely no one. And we got to made, uh, we looked a fool for doing so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I was always taught that if you're running trick plays, it's for one of two reasons. You either don't believe that you can beat a team straight up or because you want to get cute because you really want to get cute and all that good stuff. This wasn't the time. This one that neither one of those things I think applies here. Um, you know, I, I believe that we believe that we could do what we wanted offensively there. So there was no reason to say we can't, couldn't beat them straight up. But even beyond that, getting cute is not what you do in the red zone. That's not what you do in the red zone. That's no, what you, you do. Punch that sucker in. You need the points. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, it's just one of those moments where I look at this and I just say, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Because, again, and for – I want to talk about the whole booing thing for just a second here. You not only ruined the momentum in terms of we're marching and driving – you also no longer have the fans behind you in the same way. Yeah. And whether or not that's the right thing for the fans to do or that's the right way for the fans to feel, I'm going, I don't know. Yeah. we'll get into that. We'll get into that on a later date. I promise you, we will talk about that whole idea of whether or not to, to you know, um, put in, uh, whether or not to boo the quarterback that we just benched. But what I do know is like Jason Garrett is saying, give it to the give it to the big guy, give it to your bell cow. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. I honestly, and y'all know me, y'all know I'm never gonna sit up here and waffle on something and tell you something I need. I've said multiple times this year, I don't think the Delver Mims is all that effective as a power back. He showed that he has more than that in him this game. And so I respect it. You prove me wrong, brother. More power to you. Keep proving me wrong. Keep showing up, keep doing the good things. But the reality is when you're in that area. The one thing that we talked about with Marshall's defensive line, what was the one weakness we talked about all week, Grace? Running the ball. They're light in the behind. They can rush the passer. Oh, yeah, they got some moves for days. Those boys, they got deep pass rush bags. They got quick twitch to them. They got all that to them. They got all that to them. But yeah, I, at the end of the day, when you ask them to hunker down and stop a run, it gets it gets a little more difficult. So why will we not do that? We were inside the five, I do believe, too, before Brendan yeah. Armstrong took the sack, too. Yeah. Power football. We It was our third key, I think. Run the damn ball. Run the damn there. ball. Mm -hmm. No need for fancy nothingness that turns into a 12-yard loss. Can't yeah. afford to be doing that there. No, sir. All right. No, I'm going to pay some more bills here, and then I want to finish talking about the defense because I think that was another point of contention in this one as well. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. Yes, that's right. Get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. We're going to round this thing out. Won't keep you too much longer on this Saturday evening, but I do want to talk about the defense. Another yeah. game where we were able to force three turnovers. I believe there was, what, two fumbles and a pick? Mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. a, a scoop and score by Poogie Kennedy, if not down uh, before taking off with it. Now, we gave up 41 
to Marshall. I'm not exactly pleased with that. Not however, however, the turnovers is good. There were a lot of open receivers for Marshall. Again, and we said this coming into this game. Marshall is, they're not bad, but they aren't 41 points good by any means. Again, we spotted them probably 14 to 21 of those, which is unacceptable. I thought we did a great job of containing the running back Ali. Fancher was a bit more mobile than I was expecting. However, we did understand that he can run a bit coming into this one. Credit to him. He made a couple good plays. But end of story here, we made their offense look way more dynamic than they actually are. And a lot of this was the defense just needing a breather. We had some quick series. I think we we scored on one play after a long, drawn-out series uh, from Marshall before that. It's, it's, yeah. another, it's another bit on complimentary football. We saw mm-hmm. it, I think, maybe one to two times for sure in this game. There needs to be much more consistency in the defense helping out the offense and the offense helping out the defense, or else you will get gashed time and time again moving down the field like that. A thousand percent. And as far as the things that I'm seeing defensively that are concerning, we still are missing alignment and assignment. Marshall was not going. So Marshall was going somewhat up tempo. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they ran what 90 plays or so, some along those lines. It they, I mean, it was it was up there. I'll look it up. They now. were moving. They were moving. Absolutely. I don't give a damn how fast they're moving. And I'm sorry for any children that are here. I'm sorry. Apologies. I really don't care how fast they're moving. We need to have multiple calls that we know, hey, all we got to do is one thing and we know what's going on. Hey, all we need to do is this thing and we know exactly what the situation is, exactly what the deal is. Because too many times did I see DBs communicating at the snap. It's too late then. It's too late. If you don't know what to do by then, you're stuck in the water. You're stuck in the water. And the worst part about it is this wasn't a surprise for Marshall. Marshall was not a team that came into the game that was going a real sluggish, slow pace. Hey, we're going to grit and grind. We're going to get in the huddle. We're going to snap the ball uh, when there's 10 seconds left on the um, on the play clock every time. That's not Marshall's MO. Yeah. So why we were not prepared for, hey, fellas, this is this week we got to we have to prepare for them going there, boom, moving, 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 moving. I just don't understand it. I don't yeah. understand it. Now, I, I, for the most part, I thought it was another uh, heroic effort from Peyton Wilson. Yeah. Just received the, the Buckus Award for Linebacker of the Month of September. He's gotten off to a pretty solid start here in October as well. Just a, an absolute monster at linebacking. It, it's, it's so good to see him as healthy and just a, a freak of nature as he is, it, you get to truly appreciate the Peyton Wilson experience here in 2023 because we just haven't been able to keep him on the field for a complete season. Of course, I'm going to knock on some wood as I say that, but just an absolute difference maker. And some of the linebacking play, I think Caden Fordham has been good at, at parts. I think Jalen Scott has been good at parts. I think he's still getting better. I still need to see more from Devon Betty. I, I simply do, but when you have a guy like Peyton Wilson on the field to clean up so many messes, it it cannot be overstated what, what a, a savior he has been for this defense so far. And there have been multiple games where we talked about it or we live tweeted about it. Hey, if, if Peyton is not there in that moment, that's a touchdown. Yeah. That's a touchdown. And and we can't, we can't live like that. We cannot live like that. That, that needs to not be a thing. Here's, here's what I'll say about Peyton. Coming into the season, I thought he's going to be one of the best five to ten linebackers in the nation. Um, right now, there's nobody playing better football than him. Yes. There's there's not a single defender that I have watched. And trust me, if y'all see tweets coming out of Locked On ACC talking about the different games going on around the league, that's me. I have to watch all of these games, regardless of how fun. I'm sorry you had to watch that Virginia are. game earlier today. Brother. <laughs> Brother Virginia and William and Mary, oh, oh, we don't win on it. Congratulations to to Tony uh, to Tony Elliott for getting his first win of the year. Good job. I'm telling you right now, I have not seen a single defender in the league. Period. I was watching Jared Versing them get down uh, and boogie with Virginia Tech 
in um, an adult before we hopped on this. I have watched um, the young man, Cedric Gray. I've watched him. I think he's good. I think he's going to make himself some money on Sundays. I've watched a lot of guys in the conference. I've watched the best of the best in this conference. I've watched the best of the best of the best. And here's here's a fun fact, Jason Garrett. I had um, Ryan Roberts of Rise and Drive on this show before Grayson got here. And we talked about Peyton Wilson. And he said the word on Peyton Wilson is he's a first-round talent. He would go if if he were 100% healthy and, every, and he didn't have any injury problems, he would have been um, at worst mid to late first, at absolute worst. He is that good. But the injuries, like teams know what they're getting with him. Teams know that when he's on the field, he's going to be one of your best defenders. The question is, how long can he keep that up? But the reality is very simple when I look at this situation. I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, this team needs to show up in a, a more meaningful way around Peyton. Yes. This team needs to show up in a more meaningful way around him. I know that Aiden White has had some injury problems this year, uh, and I saw him out for some extended periods during this game, which, you know, I would I would think to myself is probably a um, a side effect of that. I've talked about David Van before the season, and even now about, hey, that's a guy. He's going to be one of the best defenders in the league, and he has been. But I'm telling you right now, I have not seen a single defensive player, really even offensive, even offensive. I'd say Keon Coleman is close because Keon Coleman has been a freak of nature as well. Dwayne Carter from Duke, he's been close because Dwayne Carter has been a game wrecker in the middle of that Duke defense. He has completely changed teams' game plans around wherever 90 is. We got to figure something out. Right. But with that being said, Peyton Wilson, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. You know, they say 75% of the earth is covered by water. The other 25% is covered by who? Peyton, Peyton Wilson. Wilson. Man, man with a cape on. You know, and that's that's just the reality there. And um, so, you know, I think that I think that this is a a I think that this is a group that is getting better defensively. And I think that this game was a step back. Yes. But but the reality is I have confidence in this defense. I this, never. Yeah. I don't really worry too much. I don't lose sleep over this defense and what they're going to do. You know, what I mean, if I had a full head of hair like Grayson, I wouldn't lose strands of it thinking about our defense. That's just the reality. This performance, I don't think it is indicative of what you're going to see the rest of the year. Because, again, think back just a week ago, the the, the showing that we got against Louisville. They're capable yeah. of that type of performance. Now, was today a step back? Yes, it was. But, again, I, I think you're going to continue to see them gel and get stronger and stronger and stronger as the season goes on. I think that'll do it for us here this Saturday evening. As always, thank you all so very much for joining us on here. Another great showing uh, from the Wolfpack contingency. Um, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Leave your comments on this video. We'll also get to those as well. We'll be back again with another episode on Monday. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to be breaking down some of these plays. I think we're going to look uh, revert back to locked on look of the week. Got a lot of good feedback on that uh, from last week. We will be doing that again. But as always, be sure to join us on Monday for another episode Again, get your comments in. We'll make sure to hit back on every single one of those. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you for the support. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.